Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Reclaiming Reality. This is Nick, and today I am making this video or podcast, depending on if you're watching or listening, because I love you. And also because we're living in a time where we can talk about things we didn't know we needed to talk about. Things like division and unity. And if you're listening, I'm not just talking about Black Lives Matter or racial injustice in the United States or political division. But if we pause for a second and think, the concept of unity goes much further than just our society. In fact, our society at large helps us to understand and illustrate for us the condition of our hearts. So we know that unity is a beautiful thing. I mean, there's just something magnificent about two people holding hand in hand or people of all different ethnicities and backgrounds coming together. But for a lot of us, unity seems so far away. When we look at our families, when we look at our churches, when we look at our society and our country, we see that unity, the question enters our mind whether it's even a possibility especially when the pictures of unity like Black Lives Matter banners or the Confederate flag, which I don't know why, I don't understand the reasoning behind that one, but, or let's take the American flag, for example. There we go. Let's something we can all agree on. When that symbol seems to be creating, instead of more unity, it seems to be creating more division. So what are we supposed to do when the symbols of unity that we cling to either aren't working or seem to be causing more division? Well, I think first I'm going to offer some perspectives. This is going to be a two-part video or podcast. In the first part, I want to talk about maybe some different perspectives on the conversation of unity so that we can get into this effectively. And then the second part, I want to talk about my favorite aspect of unity, that's really gonna help drive the point home. So, let's get into it. Part one, why have we, where are we? How have we gotten to this place? Well, first, I think that we may not know where the problem of division comes from. And I just want to assert first that we are divided because we want to be. If that seems so hard to believe, look at our marriages in our country, look at our churches, look at our politics, look at our own families, right? We make choices every single day about what is important to us, who we want to talk to, what we want to eat, where we want to go, um, what we choose to believe. And so if instead of looking outward, we look inward and say that the problem of division starts with me because I make choices about what I want, then we might have a more productive conversation on unity. And that's the whole goal of this video or podcast is to open up ideas and expose some of the barriers that might be coming against us in our quest for being united as a country, as a people, and as Christians, also as believers. Number two is that we are distracted by large-scale thinking. What do I mean by this? Because we see symbols of division, and, and I'm just taking the Black Lives Matter movement 
as an illustration because the George Floyd incident just happened and it's pretty fresh in all of our minds. Um, but we see illustrations and large scale issues, right? Where in our regular interactions, we're taught to think large scale. And so how many of us actually live large scale on a regular basis, right? How many of your actions every day affect, I don't know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of people? Probably very few, right? But how many of you, of your interactions on a regular basis affect one person? How about two people, five people, 10 people, or maybe just the people in your workplace? And so instead of thinking about the areas of unity in which we have a large impact on a regular basis, we are so caught up in thinking about the areas of disunity, large social areas of disunity in which I as an individual have a very small impact on a regular basis. Why is it okay to be united for a cause in which I again, as an individual, have a very small role, and, and I'm not downplaying the importance of being united with, with people for a cause. That's important. But what I am saying is that we're, we're, we tend to prioritize the large-scale thinking over being united in a family, where I, as an individual, have a huge impact on a regular basis, moment-by-moment -moment basis sometimes, right? So if we're taught, if we instead look a little bit Instead of way out there, we bring our focus in a little bit more. We might be more productive in this conversation on unity. The last thing I want to say in this part of the video is there's some good news. Unity, or podcast, I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, there's some good news. And the good news is that unity is a choice. And that's awesome because we get to make choices every single day to be unified to other people, to live in harmony with other people who are like-minded. But the bad news is that unity is a choice and not everyone is gonna make that choice. But here at Reclaiming Reality, if you join our team, we have made the choice to be unified because we see value in pursuing the truth. We see value in going after what is real and that to us is more important than our differences. And we acknowledge our differences and we're growing actually, the cool thing is we're growing not to ignore our differences, but to be more aware of the differences and choose to be unified despite the fact that Ben stepped on my toes or Charles stepped on my toes or one of them said something I didn't like, which happens quite regularly, right? And I'm sure I say things that they don't like either. But the main point I'm trying to make is that unity equals choice. So when you're, when you're feeling like oppressed by the disunity going on, realize, take this conversation inside and say, the world can do what the world wants to do, but I am going to choose to be unified. So thank you for being part of this journey with us. Um, this is going to be my segue into part two of this video or podcast for all my listeners out there. And we're gonna dive into a little bit more about what this conversation of unity shows us and what it's getting at. So without further ado, let's step into it. The concept of unity is inescapable, and that's why I love talking about this topic. 
because as long as there are other people involved, you always have to face the choice of walking in unity, of, of living in unity with them or being divided against them, right? And we look at some famous quotes like Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided itself divided against itself will not stand, which is also in the Bible. Um, Jesus said that, if you did not know that. But the main point here is that unity is, the discussion on unity is just inescapable. And that's why I love it, because we can learn some things from it. And before we get a little bit further into this, I just want to say that there's no in-between. You either live in unity or disunity. There's no middle ground. And if, in case you're wondering, dysfunctional, or let's say functional disunity is not unity. If you have a chasm, right? So let's picture you're on one side. Let's just do a river because we like rivers. You're on one side of the river and your best friend is on the other side of the river. The only way for you to get to this friend is to cross the river via a bridge, right? Or you can swim, but let's pretend it's so dangerous you can't swim, right? It's just ripping torrents down there. Can you say that you are with that other person on that side with them if you're really standing on the opposite side? No, you have to cross this bridge. And for the sake of our conversation, this bridge is unity. That's the bridge to unity. So you can't be dysfunctional, or you can't be functionally distant from them. Um, and that's the point I'm trying to make, is that functional disunity is not unity. You can try to smile and, and work your way around and not step on people's toes, but the reality is you're not unified, right? So anyway, that was a little, that was a free segment. Um, but the next thing I want to say, and, and this is really the crux of the second part, second discussion on unity that I want to make today, is that our choice to live in unity with other people, it serves as a depiction or an expression for us to be able to see the condition of our hearts and minds. And this is, a, this is just phenomenal because the way I relate to other people shows me what's in my heart and what's in my mind. And I, I talk about this in some of our just group discussions and in some other uh, individual videos and podcasts that I've made, is that we think we know what we believe, but how do we know what we really believe? Well, we have to look at our actions and our words because those actions and those words actually stem from something, right? They come from something. And so the fruit of what we believe is our actions and our words. So the best way to evaluate what we think and what we really believe is to look at those and not to ignore them and say, no, 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 I believe this, even though your actions and your words might say something different, right? So the point I'm trying to make is that this topic of unity really gets at the heart. It brings out your actions and your words and it exposes them so you can see whether you've made the choice to live unified with someone else. And if you haven't, why haven't you? What's in your heart and what's in your mind that might not be congruent with what you think you believe? So in our conversations, in some of our group conversations, especially on the American gospel and worship, Ben and I, Ben Charles and I talked about everybody has an aim that they're working toward. Everyone has a goal that they're moving toward. 
Um, and what I want to help us see today is that this discussion on unity helps us see whether we're working in one direction being ourself or we're working in the other direction, which is toward love. And how can I say that, well, we only really have these two options. And so the discussion on unity helps us see whether we are pursuing ourself as the ultimate aim or whether we're pursuing others at the ultimate aim. And there's really no middle ground. And so what I want to show to you is that there's an aspect of us that we all love ourselves, right? We want to do what we want to do. It's just who we are. I'm not faulting you for it. I'm just saying that's an aspect of your life, right? But then there's another aspect that we're taught to walk in and we're told to walk in, and that is to love other people. And our interactions with people help us see whether we are working toward ourselves or whether we're working toward loving others. And the best depiction of this is Galatians 5 in the Bible, where the Bible helps us understand that we, as sinful beings, have two options. Once we come to, to the knowledge of Jesus and once we follow God, we see ourselves for who we really are, that we are the problem, that in us we have our own desires. And in Galatians 5, we read that we have two options for how we use our freedom now in Christ. One is to pursue what we want, or two, is to love other people. There's no middle ground. And so that's why I love that the heart of this matter is that when we see ourselves that we really want, in the end, we want to achieve what we want, we can compare that with what God wants. And how do we know what God wants? Well, we look at the scriptures and we see Jesus's life where it says that the, the God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? So because of his love for us. I mean, Jesus overcame some intense barriers, right? Do you think it was easy for him? I mean, the biggest barrier to unity that God had with us was the cross. He had to go through suffering at the hands of men that he made to be unified together with them. That is insane to me when you think about it, because how many of us love people enough, love our enemies enough, love our family enough to be able to go through that kind of hardship and death and persecution and suffering to love and be unified with them, right? Instead, we, the Bible helps expose that we actually love ourselves more than we love people, but that's not God's nature. And, and this main point that I want to bring is that unity matters to God and so when we hear that, we have to ask the question, does unity matter to me? And if it doesn't, then we see by our words and our actions, because unity, our conversations in unity, and the way we live our relationships help us see via our words and actions whether we value people. And if we don't, and we know that God does, then where do we go, right? And this is the place on this conversation rests the place where the two natures are at odds with each other. And I'm not shaming you for having conflicts with people. I understand that, that there are legitimate hurts that people have. But what I want to help do is bring out the general rule beyond, behind why we are divided is because we choose to be. We want to be. And we are the problem. But when we compare that with God who is good, 
we see that the divisions didn't stop him. The biggest barrier to unity was the cross, and he took it on. He went after that thing, and it sucked. That was horrible, but it was worth it to him because unity, living with other people, living in harmony with us, the people that he made who were his enemies, was worth it to him. And we have trouble living in relationship with our families. So in this conclusion, I just want to say that this is not me telling you to change your behavior or yelling at you, but I am hoping to, to help you see that our actions and our words come from somewhere and a great place to analyze them and whether we love people is, is this conversation of being unified with people. And we can have a much more productive conversation on unity when we know where the problem occurs. The reality, guys and girls, is that we need Jesus. We need our hearts and our minds changed. We need to live in unity because we have value. You have value. But guess what? So does the person with whom you're arguing against. You have value, but so do the thousands of people on the other political party side. You have value, but so does the other side of your family with whom you just can't seem to get along. And so when we tackle this head on, it gives us a place where we can start to do the work of being united. And I believe that we will not get there unless we come to the place of first looking in and seeing that unity helps expose what is in so we can fix it and move outward from there. So if you have any comments or any feedback uh, on this conversation, I hope it was helpful. I hope it gave you some new perspectives to think about unity. You can't get away from it. It goes straight to your heart and straight to your mind. And that's why I love the topic so much. This is me. Uh, this is my goal is to help you see that God loves you and he wants you to get it because that's what we're in this. We're in this whole thing together of reclaiming reality and truth in our world. So we love you guys. You're awesome. Have a great day.